0: Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Subscribe to Astrocast. Joined by Justin Verlander. Lance McCullers.
1: Michael Brantley.
0: Tons of interviews. Alex Bregman. Carlos Correa. Follow your favorite team.
1: We definitely love playing in front of our fans at Minimates. For the H. (laughs) Astrocast is poured for you by Carmock Brewing.
0: Welcome back. Robert Ford joined by Astros General Manager James Click before the Astros... Uh, wrap up this series with the seattle mariners and uh, when your team scores 27 runs in two games that that makes you look like a really smart gm doesn't it (laughs) uh it makes it look like we have a really good lineup yeah um you know there's
2: uh it obviously is a, a relief to score and to score early uh it just unlocks some some potential late in the game to either get some guys some work that they want to get um, or just to give everybody an off day when they need a little bit of a break. Right. Uh, And and obviously on the flip side, you know, this is a a Mariners team that was coming in here um, having strained their bullpen a little bit in their past series or two. uh, So we knew that they were a little thin out there. And so the sort of the ripple effects of, of getting into that bullpen early uh, in the first game and then again yesterday and, and um, you know that that can have ripple effects throughout the series so certainly important um, I don't think it makes me look particularly smart uh, this is uh, oh come this on this is no no, no this, is, <laughs> this is a very very good lineup that we have and um, they certainly have the potential to do this and it's fun to watch
0: and also great to see guys like Uh, Jacob Wilson, his first multi-hit game, his first hits with with the Astros, uh, contributing. Taylor Jones, uh, a a single shy of the cycle. Jake Myers continues to perform well. So you're seeing, you know, it's not just the Altuves and the Correas, although they certainly have swung the bats well lately as well, but to see some other guys uh, contributing also.
2: Yeah, no question. If if you're going to score that many runs, it has to be a complete team effort, Um, you know, even including uh, Chaz McCormick getting a a hit on Friday night. And I saw him, he looked pretty excited. And I realized he was the last guy without a hit. And so he just didn't <laughs> want to get left out in the cold on that yeah. one. So, uh, no, I mean, anytime you're going to have an offensive output like that, it's uh, it's going to be a total team effort. And it's, it's great to see those guys step up because – now that we're through the trade deadline there's no more trade waivers Uh, we're very limited in terms of reinforcements that we can bring in and so we are going to rely on the guys that are here and seeing those guys step up in in big league games and in important games for us uh, here in august
0: in the division against a team that's been performing very well this year these are these are big big performances and just to clarify i'm pretty sure this is still the same but i'm going to double check here so a player has to be in your organization by the end of august in order to be eligible for the postseason correct roster uh, so that does leave the possibility if guys get released from other organizations where you could sign them prior to August 31st and they could be available. Of course, a lot of times those guys getting released for a reason, but I'd imagine that's an area you guys are looking at if, if maybe there, there could be an upgrade or, or two.
2: Yeah, absolutely. We keep a very close eye on the waiver wire, which is very busy this time of year. There's a lot of players getting designated, a lot of players getting released. Um, sometimes it's it's players that teams might have wanted to trade before the deadline but couldn't get a market going um and they maybe the team's out of contention and they just want to create some playing time for for some of their young guys that are coming up um so it's not necessarily that these guys are underperforming or something like that yeah um, but but yeah we do keep a very close eye on the waiver wire and there are occasionally some interesting names that come across there
0: well we got some good news on friday with alex bregman uh resuming a uh, minor league rehab assignment with, with sugar land so Uh, two hits uh, including a home run on Friday seven innings slated to play today for for Sugarland, uh, you guys have to be pretty encouraged that he's back on the field after getting getting shut down for a little bit
2: yeah yeah and, and the most encouraging thing is that he's out there and he's running the bases and you know you bring up the, the he had a leadoff single he had the home run um, but one of the most important things that i saw in the game was he he got hit by a pitch and uh, one of his other at bats and then uh robel garcia hit a double and he was able to go first to third those are the kind of things that we're really looking for is that the reaction the burst the the quick acceleration if he can do those kind of things if he can go first to third um, those are the things that that indicate to us that this injury is fully behind him and so it's been frustrating for him it's been frustrating for us i'm sure it's been frustrating for all the fans out there how long this has taken but with with injuries to muscles large muscles, especially large leg muscles, sometimes the best course of action is just to let the body heal itself. And sometimes the best way to do that is not to go out and play in as many rehab games as possible. And so I give our sports medicine guys and our strength and conditioning guys and our trainers a lot of credit for coming up with this plan to get him fully back out on the field because when alex bregman is out there he is going to play at 110 right he's he's just one of those guys that he he's going to go get it all the time and so we need to make sure that this thing is absolutely 110 percent behind him so that he can come out here
0: and play at the mvp level that he is accustomed to playing at if all goes well into this home stand is that is that realistic is that too optimistic for bregman it's something that we are actively talking about uh-huh. so um we'll see how today goes uh, he's slated to go out to
2: sugarland again tomorrow if we can get through the back-to-backs of today and tomorrow we'll see how he feels and have a conversation and kind of see where we're at so um it always hesitant to put a timeline on these things because you know if if he goes 0 for 4 0 for 5 today and doesn't get on the bases you know that reduces our ability to see how he's running and things like that so there's all of these factors that go into
0: it. It's a very fluid situation, but, um, you know, we're hoping that he's back very soon. Uh, Jose Arquidi pitched Thursday in the Florida Complex League, which used to be known as the Gulf Coast League for us old-timers. Uh, going to Sugarland now. Uh, I know he threw a bullpen. Uh, so starting for for Sugarland here, I'd imagine in the next few days. Yeah, I believe it's Tuesday.
2: Okay, uh, is, is his day to go, um, and so we'll uh, we'll see him out there. He's looked very very good uh, in the complex league so far. The velocity, the movement, um, everything's there. Most importantly, he feels good. Uh, he doesn't he doesn't feel anything back there. He feels totally normal. Uh, he threw three innings the other day, and then actually went out to the bullpen and threw. Uh, another 15 pitches or Pretty so just good. to get his his bulk and his innings uh, uh, underneath him. So um, he's rushing his way back, and he's he's looking very, very good. We're excited to have him back.
0: So with Arcady, would you – I mean, because in theory, you know, he gets another start, maybe goes five or six innings, something like that, then potentially the big leagues after that, or would you prefer to wait until you get – two more spots on the roster and it's a 28 man roster in september i mean
2: every time we start talking about this kind of stuff is <laughs> when the, the,
0: the roster decision gets made for us yeah and yeah. so
2: we're just we're focused on tuesday let's get him through tuesday see how he does tuesday uh and if history is any example something will happen in between now and then that will you know create the opportunity but uh he's a big part of this team we know what a performer he is uh we're not going to be gimmicky about you know waiting to get guys back yeah. All right, we'll have more
0: of the Astros general manager, James Click, right after this. Young Astros fans, it's never too early to show off your Astros pride. With the season in full swing, be a part of the official Astros Kids Club today. Kids 12 and under can join the Astros Buddies
3: Club and receive a buddy's backpack, cap, socks, and access to exclusive events and
0: activities throughout the year. All for only $25. What's even better, it will get shipped right to your door. For more information and to purchase your Astros Buddies membership, visit Astros.com Buddies today. Welcome back. Once again, joined by Astros General Manager James Click before the Astros uh, wrap up this series against the Seattle Mariners. And, uh, you know, we were talking uh, just before the break about Jose Urquidy. And, again, you know, you always got to be careful with, with thinking too far ahead, especially when you, when you think about pitching. But, you know, I look at the stretch that the Astros have in September of 17 straight days. Uh, without an off day and I know you've been trying to limit some guys innings we've definitely seen that it's been pretty clear with Luis Garcia for instance Uh, is that a situation where Depending on how things go, when you get to that 17 games and 17 day stretch, where in a perfect world, you, you may be a six man rotation there again. We saw the Astros do it, what, a 19 games and 19 day stretch?
2: Yeah. It, all of these things, all possibilities are on the table. Yeah. Um, and, and that is going to be a, a tough stretch, especially in September, especially you're talking about games, you know, 145 through, you know, 160, or, or not quite that, obviously, but, yeah you know, we are so far beyond where we were last year and so far beyond where these guys were last year that uh, we are going to have to have constant conversations constant observations with our pitching coaches our trainers our strength guys our sports performance and medicine group like all of these people are going to get together to figure out the best way to get
0: the top performance out of these guys while also making sure that we keep them healthy Uh, rafael montero has the the lat injury um got i know he got a second opinion Uh, Anything new on that or what's next for him at this point?
2: No, right now,
0: unfortunately, the best
2: thing to do is just not to throw a baseball for Uh a while um, and just let everything calm down in there. So we'll see how that goes over the next couple weeks and, um, you know, see where he comes out on the other side of that. He was throwing the ball exceptionally well. He was doing all the things that we have seen him do in the past. Uh, Obviously, the the ERA wasn't where he wanted it to be after his experience in Seattle. But,
0: um, you know, with, with his stuff, with his command, we think he has the ability to get big outs in big spots. Uh, Andre Scrub has been on the IL since uh, mid-July with a shoulder injury as well, and uh, now on the on the 60-day IL. So the soonest could see him potentially would be latter, latter part of, of September. Anything new on, on Andre Scrub, and could we see him this year?
2: Uh, no, not well. Nothing new. Um, he is in Florida, you know, continuing to get his work in. Uh, we're going to get him off the mound here pretty soon. He's feeling good, um, but the decision to put him on the 60-day was just looking at his calendar. I think the date is September 16th or something uh-huh. like that. And so um, there are a good three weeks of the season left uh, after that
0: point. Um, so we'll see. But the main focus right now is just getting him back on the mound and getting him healthy. So you had a couple of catchers uh, who, who suffered some injuries this, this past week. Uh, Corey Lee, of course, a top prospect, first-round pick, uh, an oblique injury. Uh, anything new on, on Corey Lee? And do you guys have an idea of when he might be back? it was just a minor thing uh in the batting cage and initially
2: was read as a day-to-day and just after a couple days we decided for roster reasons to go ahead and put him on the IL and just get that whole thing behind us but uh, that one's very very minor um and then obviously Stubbs you know has a little bit of an ankle sprain um we're also hoping that that's only in like the seven to
0: ten day range and so it's now Stubbs I noticed at least from what I was able to tell looking online he's not officially on the the il down at triple I mean maybe it reads differently online than what what actually is the case because i know the rosters are a little different now in the minors right you don't necessarily have to put guys in the aisle there are more spots right
2: yeah exactly they added development lists um and they expanded the rosters at the minors and obviously with the reorganization of the minors to reduce travel all these things are designed to reduce guys going from double a to triple a just to cover for injuries or or vice versa and so there's not the same urgency to put guys on the il officially because it doesn't necessarily give you the roster flexibility that you used to need in the past um you know my, my read on his injury was just from the trainer's report. Um, and so whether he's on the aisle or not is not really an indication of the severity of the injury.
0: How do you think things have gone this year in the minor leagues? I mean, you know, they're. They, I mean, obviously, it's going to be a little different this year because they didn't start till May, and they're going to the end of September, usually over uh, Labor Day weekend. Obviously, a lot of challenges, especially just getting off the ground. Uh, but, but all, all in all, how do you think things have have gone in terms of uh, just some of the logistical stuff at the minor leagues and, and and just some of the the unique challenges this year has posed? Yeah, um, we need to find all the wood that we
2: can to knock on before <laughs> I say anything about it, because yeah. there are quite a few teams out there that are dealing. With with a lot of issues, um, you know, in terms of uh, of testing or, or contact tracing and things like that. Um, I'll give our group a lot of credit in terms of their thinking through the logistics of it in terms of how do we keep the players safe? How do we keep them, you know, on the field as much as possible? We were very worried about postponements and game cancellations if, if there were results of, or outbreaks or things like that. And then beyond that, these six-game series that the every league is going through, right? right, where they all have the same off day every week and, and then they go play a six-game series, I, I had some concerns about it because, you know, by, by game five or game six of seeing another team, sometimes, you know, tempers can get a little hot sure. or, uh, you know, think, things can come to the surface, but... um by and large, everybody that I've talked to when I've been down there in the minor leagues has been really, really happy with it. Um, I, I think they're really happy with the the back-to-backs at home where they get two weeks at home without right. having to worry about anything. Um, you know, as on the flip side, Corpus Christi is on the road for three out of the final four weeks of the season. So, you know, there, there's give and take. But the reduction of travel, the, re- the reduction of distance of travel
0: and the reduction of frequency of travel, I think, has had a tremendously positive effect on our organization. All right, James Click, Astros general manager, thanks so much for for joining us. Happy to be here. We'll be back with more of Astro Launch right after this. Gear up for the 2021 Houston Astros season by
1: stopping
3: by the Astros Team Store and Union Station. Pick up your favorite player jersey, some t-shirts, or even a polo while shopping from a wide selection of both new and retro Astros hats. The Astros Team Store has all the great brands, from Nike and Columbia to 47 brand and new era. Stop by Monday through Saturday for the latest Astros merchandise or call in an order for stadium side pickup. Visit Astros.com com/teamstore
1: for more information.
3: Welcome back to Astro Launch. This is Steve Sparks with Troy Snitker, the Astros' hitting coach. Every Saturday, we get a chance to talk to one of the Astros' coaches. And Troy, pretty good day yesterday. You got to feel pretty good about double digits in the run score department. Uh, feeling good about this offense right now?
4: Well, we feel a lot better after yesterday. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's for sure.
3: Are you a front runner? I mean, coaches. I mean, you guys ride that wave uh, along with the fans.
4: I don't know I can't speak for the fans I don't know how the fans are feeling but we definitely yeah. ride it with the players um, when the guys are struggling man, we feel it too <laughs> so, yeah I'm sure I'm sure uh, you know you feel that you know you get you get excited when when the guys do well and when they and when they struggle you're uh, you're in there with
3: them and, and when you go to bed at night you know if you got a guy that you you work with specifically and he's struggling how much are you lying in bed at night trying to think of ways to maybe a drill or, or something to, to get him out of a bad habit?
4: A lot. Uh, yeah. Very probably far too often. I think I could speak for AC as well, where sometimes it's the last thing you think of when you go to bed and it's the yeah. first thing you think of when you wake up.
3: When did you uh, know that you wanted to be a coach? I know your dad's the manager for the Atlanta Braves. You've been around it forever. But after your playing career, you played in the minors for a few years. Did you know you wanted to get into it right away?
4: I think, I think I knew that I was probably going to have to get into it. <laughs> That's all you knew, right? I think, I, think I, I had seen enough of the game at a high level to know that it was probably not going to work out. I think I started planning way ahead of when uh, most players would think of the next step.
3: Okay, so here's the, here's the question. So I was talking to Mike Matheny about this the other day. Uh, yeah. He's the manager for Kansas City his son is in AAA, getting close to maybe the end of his his playing career uh, if he doesn't get a call up he's pretty close right you know that in the minor leagues uh, the pay's not great the lifestyles a little different and you know like if you're gonna go coach and you're gonna go uh, to the minor leagues uh, you' you're gonna live a different lifestyle than what you may have hoped for when you're in college uh, how much does that play into what you're thinking about
4: well, I, th- I think people that coach they don't, um, you know, they're not they're not doing it for the, for the lifestyle or the, the money yeah. or anything like that. I think it, you know, most of the time you see the guys that end up coaching or the guys that, you know, as a player they they love the game they love the the work that goes into it they like not that you like the the ups and downs but it, it's very rewarding both yeah. as a player and as a coach you know when something doesn't go well. And then you, you know, put the work in and see different results at the end of the tunnel. So as far as like, you know, the lifestyle is a, is a minor league player is obviously a little tough at times doable, but still not making a lot of money, but um, it's, it's not exactly uh, life changing when you, when you start coaching either. Right. So, you know, whether you play for a while, what, you know, or you get into coaching, uh, it's the focus is more on the, you know, the love for what you're doing.
3: Talking with, uh, talking with Astros, hitting coach Troy Snicker, how soon after you started coaching did you realize, oh, my gosh, I mean, I wish I would have known that when I was playing. Did that happen pretty quickly?
4: Yeah, absolutely, especially with, especially with the Astros. I think it was – the organization was far different than how I was brought up in the game. You know, I, I was lucky to get in with somebody who was – uh incredibly intelligent about hitting about coaching and Jeff Albert who's in St. Louis now uh, kind of introduced me to a, a you know, a, a different mindset of thinking about hitting, thinking about the swing, thinking about coaching in general. So I, I think it was, it was awesome to get that something different right off the bat. When uh, you're looking at something different,
3: you don't, you don't want to be a, a cookie cutter type of coach because everybody swings different. Everybody has a different body type and different attributes when you look at a swing, where does it start for you? What are the absolutes where somebody has to do this? They can get away with doing these other things, but they have to do what?
4: Yeah, for first answer your question. It's you, you do look at every you look at everybody different. And I think how they move their body types kind of puts them, you know, generally starts pushing you into a category of, you know, how how the swing should look or maybe what they're capable of doing. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, the, the general basics of of hitting in general, you know, do how does the bat move? Is, is the bat moving in a way that gives a, a hitter a, a chance to make a lot of contact? Is it in the zone? You know, how does it get into the zone? Is it in the zone a long time? Uh, you know, that regardless of how somebody, you know, what somebody looks like, how they how they move in their swing, you know, is the bat giving them a chance? I, I think that's one of the the biggest absolutes. Is does their bat path give them a chance to to make contact with a lot of pitches and and produce a lot of line drives? I think that's probably the biggest thing. Um, you know, there's guys that can move a lot of different ways, but you know, it all comes down to you know the bat has to be in a certain spot to hit the ball. Um, and then after that, you know, it's more the absolutes of uh, strike zone management, you know, how, how you're controlling the zone, which pitches you're swinging at. The uh, the best hitters in the game become the worst when they start swinging outside that box. Mm. So, you know, I, I would say those two things are are the biggest absolutes um, in the game. Not, not a lot of guys do well when they're swinging outside the strike zone and not a lot of guys do well when, you know, when the bats – moving in a bunch of different directions or, uh, you know, just clipping or cutting the zone.
3: Mike Trout's dad, uh, who was a former minor leaguer, uh, has talked about and laughed about when when he used to throw batting practice to Mike when he was a kid, he would never expand the strike zone. And it used to frustrate his dad because he, he was sweating bullets because he's having to throw so much. But if it wasn't over the plate, Mike would not swing the bat. It used to frustrate his dad, but now he looks back and says, I don't know where that came from. It was just in eight. How do you guys practice that?
4: It's 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 something that's hard to practice because you can't you can't replicate the game. The speed doesn't matter if you have a machine, you know, doesn't matter how hard you have the machine thrown. Doesn't matter, you know, if you're doing if we're doing mixed pitch in the cage, which we still do. Mm-hmm. But nothing can replicate the game when a when a real pitcher's 60 feet 6 inches away throwing everything
3: and the motions and the adrenaline
4: and uh, all that yeah and and you, and you can't you can't replicate the the emotions of the game you can't you know you can't replicate that feeling uh, no matter how hard you try so um, it's more about it's more about kind of a you know a trial and error of You know, which pitches am I looking for? Maybe what area of the plate am I looking for? Where am I looking for the ball to come out? Um, So I I think it's more, you know, a trial by error uh, approach. You know, in the game, every every hitter has to see what type of approach works for them, what they need to look for to shrink the zone and swing at strikes. Uh, You know, I think you give a hitter more confidence in a swing. He's gonna, he's gonna feel, you know, he's gonna feel more confident in the box. He's gonna swing at better pitches. So there's a few, you know, there's a few ways you can, mm-hmm. we can try to improve it. Um, you know, you give a guy more time in his swing where his swing's more efficient. He has more time to see the ball and make better decisions. So, um, for some guys, it's approach. For some guys, it's tightening up the swing. But there's there's no way. Of doing it without just but, seeing pitches, seeing reps,
3: but that confidence too allows you to relax and, and slow it down, right?
4: Sure, absolutely.
3: Okay, Jake if, Myers. If you're not
4: thinking, if you're not thinking about the swing in the game, you're going to be, yeah, you're going yeah. to see the ball a lot better.
3: Jake Myers' unbelievable week started with a week ago today, two homers, including that grand slam. But kind of a whirlwind week that he'll probably never forget. But compared to when you first saw Jake Myers to spring training this year, to Jake Myers right now, where have you seen the, the most improvement?
4: I, th- I think just in his confidence and in the way he's approaching the game and the mental side of the game, okay. I think is the biggest thing. Um, he, you know, he, he had a lot of success in the minor leagues this year, you know, in Sugar Land doing – doing things a certain way he you know i i think he's just more uh, sh- more sure of himself and and more confident in his swing his preparation you know his routine and and you know one thing that i that i see now that you know was different in spring is that he has a very specific plan for every at uh and i i think that's i think that's the the biggest difference overall um, I think we've always liked his swing I don't think it's changed a ton I think it's more him being confident in it and and having a good idea of what he's doing at the plate
3: whenever you go over a scouting report with a specific pitcher there's the last question for Troy Snicker Logan Gilbert's pitching for Seattle today mm-hmm. and not not to give anything away but when, when you're Giving a scouting report, and we know Logan Gilbert throws very hard. Does it stop, stop and start almost with being on time with the fastball when, when you're giving a scouting report, or is it different for everybody because of their
4: strengths? I think overall it's different for everybody with their strengths and how we think they're going to pitch a certain guy. Um, but I don't I don't think it's any secret with Logan, you know, what you have to do to be successful against him. you just like what you said, you have to – you're going to have to hit his heater. You know, he throws hard mid, mid-upper mid 90s. Uh, it gets on you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a, a lot of the damage comes off the heater. So I, I don't think it's – like you said, it's not any secret that to beat him, you're going to have to – he's going to make you hit his fastball.
3: Last thing. Real quick. Sorry about this, Troy. Oh, you're good? To be on to be on time for the fastball, the front foot needs to get
4: down when. Uh, we don't we don't look at it as when it gets down. Okay. We we generally we like to look at when are when are guys starting their moves. Okay. So, uh, you know, for for a guy's a swing. You know, we know that, we know that their, you know, their load needs to happen at a certain point, in the pitcher's delivery. Gotcha. And that may change that may change a little bit depending on who you're facing if guys have faster deliveries or you know maybe you know maybe they're quick out of the out of the stretch have a quick step slide step but we're, we're looking at more when they're starting not not so much as when they're down um, and when you say
3: starting are you talking about the separation about as far as just getting your body moving kind of well? when
4: yeah when you when do you start your moves at what point in the pitcher's delivery is it handbrake? Is it, okay. is it a certain point of his leg lift, um, and then you know we're we're looking at you know when the ball's released, the hitter should be somewhere on the way down out of the air. Okay. So that's that's kind of that's something we'll go to a lot of times um, when he's releasing the ball. Is the hitter on the way down with their front leg? Because you're going to make the decision with the ball in the air. And probably your leg in the air as well. That's crazy. So, yeah.
3: That's crazy. All right. That's Troy Snicker. Uh, a lot of great stuff. I, I appreciate your time. Uh, doing a great job, man. Keep up the great work. All right. Thanks, Ford. The Astros with four runs in the third, highlighted by the three run homer by Jordan Alvarez. And here's a blast. Left field. There it goes. Six nothing Astros on Jones' second home run. Wow, did he light into that one.
0: Joined now in the Astros' dugout by Taylor Jones. Uh, Drove in four runs today, a homer, a double, and a two-run triple. And uh, there was only one thing missing for you today, Taylor. The the single, you came up your last at bat with a chance for the cycle. Were you thinking about it?
4: I'd be lying if I said it wasn't in the back
0: (laughs) of my mind. Um,
4: But I was just trying to, you know, get something, be aggressive, and uh, try to find something. Uh, Luckily... I was seeing the ball well today. Everybody was having a good day at the plate, and, uh, you know, hitting's contagious.
3: Hey, you got aggressive in left field early in the ball game, gunning down Seeger at home plate. How thrilling was that to be in left field and to show off your arm?
4: I'm just glad I could be out there and contribute and <laughs> uh, make plays when they need to be made.
0: So you are from the Seattle area. You grew up a, a Mariners fan. This has to be pretty neat for you. I'm sure you... Your phone's probably blowing up. Your your friends and family back home were able to watch this game and, and see your performance today.
4: Yeah, I'm sure. Um, it's always fun to do it against the home team. Um, I know my parents are watching, so that's always exciting and a uh, great day.
0: Absolutely, a great day for you. Taylor Jones, congrats, and uh, thanks for joining us. Thank you, guys. The 1-2. And that's hit in the air and pretty deep to center field. Going back is Kelnick at the wall. He leaps, and that ball is gone. A two-run home run for Jake Myers. And the Astros have opened up a four to nothing lead. Myers with his third. And the second inning, your first home run at home, and that had to—that certainly had to feel good.
1: Yeah, it was awesome. Uh, it, was, it was great to hear the, the crowd after um, it went over the fence. I mean, that's a, a moment I'll remember forever. Uh, yeah, first home run at, at home, and this crowd is unbelievable, and it was, it was fun to do it in front of them.
3: Jake, last Saturday, the two-homer game, including that Grand Slam, but getting to go to Kansas City where a lot of your family and friends got to see you, how special was that for you?
1: Oh, man, it was awesome. I had a lot of family and friends um, out there uh, last, you know, a couple games, and it was really fun to see them and and play uh, in a stadium I'd been to, um, you know, to watch a game. It was really special.
0: And, I mean, you don't generally have games like – I mean, you'll have a handful of games like this over the course of a season, right? But how much fun are games like this when everybody up and down the lineup contributes and and you guys are able to put, up, put a lot of runs on the board early?
1: Yeah, man, <laughs> that just goes to show our lineup. Um, I mean, we have a lot of great players on our team, uh, and it was just really, really fun to see, you know, everyone re- swing it really well. Um, and I, I think we're going to keep it going.
0: All right, Jake Myers, thanks for joining us. Congrats on the good game and on the win. All right, thank you, guys. Subscribe to Astrocast. We're joined by Justin Verlander. Lance McCullough.
1: Michael Brantley.
0: Tons of interviews. Alex Bregman. Carlos Correa. Follow your favorite team.
1: We definitely love playing in front of our fans at Minute Maid. For
0: the H, <laughs> Astrocast is poured for you by Carbach
1: Brewing. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you.